Yo, what up guys? Welcome to the number one Pokemon podcast in the world. You guys know it. Faded Town. Those are facts. Look them up in a book. Check the Pokestats. Links in the description, I promise. Don't listen to anyone. The number one Pokemon podcast in the world is here. We might not upload every week like we say we're supposed to, but shit gets a little crazy, you know? But uh, if you guys, this is your first time here, this show's more... Like, we want to just learn about the, the best players in the game. and Or even, like, we just get Pokemon people. And we jump in their lives and we we see what they are as real people. Not this, like, figure that people look at. But, uh, today we got, I'd have to say the most slept on fucking player in the game, by far. Like, I looked up at, I looked at his Limitless and I'm like, He's killed it for the last three years. And, like, the only person I've, like, ever talks about him is Raul. And, but he's here. We got Xander Perot here with us. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just have a long day. Yeah. Ready to talk. Yeah. That's what's up. So, you, um, just finished school, right? Yeah, I just got off school early this week. This is my finals week, but... My last finals yesterday, so I came home last night. What? Uh, how old are you? I'm 18 right now. Oh, and I turned fuck. 19. So you've been masters what? Just the last three years? Yeah, I started in 2016 to 2017, and so now this is like the start of my fourth year in masters. So you're telling me you got third in your first year at Worlds? Yeah. God damn, dude, that's fucking. <laughs> Why? How is that not a story? God, we just don't, uh, I'm, I'm just saying we just don't have the outlets. Like, that should have been a huge story. Yeah, like, it's like on over, Overlooked, I guess. Like, back in the day, like, during that, it was really big. Because I was like, that year I started off, like, just aging up in the Masters. I was a pretty good senior. And then I started off winning Dallas in mid-January. Yep. So, like, my first, my start of the year was, like, pretty shaky. I think I barely got points at, like, the two regionals I went to. And then I won Dallas. And then afterwards, I, like had the motivation to do really well yeah you want to i got the ocean i got 16th for the oceania stipend so i went there and i got top 32 barely missing top eight mm-hmm. and then just like at other tournaments like that i got points everywhere and then barely stayed in top 16 and then kept my spot up until nationals and then start, went into day two and then top four worlds which is really good yeah SPM. you fucking killed it cool let me yeah. think was that the year yeah pablo yeah those are your pablo got set with gardevoir yeah, diego won gardevoir yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first. Yeah, that's the year that Chum went to. Uh, to that was in uh, where was this at? This was in Cent- or, uh, Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah. It was like the first IC League Cup structure year. Yep, yep. He fucking, God, that's insane. How that went? I'll tell you right now. Like, to be completely honest, like this is after this world. This is when Chum decided to sponsor people. If there mm-hmm. was some type of outlet. That, like, would have put shine on you? There's no fucking way Chum would not have gave you the fucking yeah, contract. Yeah, I, I think it was that and then also the year before, too. Because he had... I know Sam Huff and Ross Cawthon finished top four the year before in 2016. Yes. And then that's, like... Well, that was I remember, the main like, we had... And then uh, also, yeah, yeah. Sam and Pablo got it the first time. Yeah, the Sam and Pablo yeah. both got it. And it was, like... We, like, tweeted out some shit. Like, who wants to do an interview? And then Sam Huff came and Chum mm-hmm. talked to him and was like, hey, I want to sponsor him. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But I'm like, like, I'm telling you, there's no way. Like, like Chum has that, like, soft spot for, like, the younger, like, mm-hmm. up-and-coming talent. He's like, that's when he's seen Sam. He's like, dude, this kid's good. He's quiet. People are this. If someone would have told me that fucking Xander Pro first year Masters top four, there's no way you would have got. I, I don't. I don't want to. Th- I mean, I've said it so many times. Like those contracts that Pablo and Sam got, like they're unfucking. Like they're not even. There's nothing that even comes close to what is given out right now. So, yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's <laughs> but, fine, uh, fine. Maybe maybe one day he'll uh, do it again. Probably not. Yeah. 
get me on there next time. Yeah. Oh, I, I told people that we like people because I'm in like the Pokestats chat and everything, and everyone talks about it, like, oh, Xander's not sponsored, blah blah blah. Someone should pick up Xander. I was like, I'll tell you right now, Xander would be the first person Psychoscoop ever picked up if we ever did it again. And they're they're like, really? I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, duh. But <laughs> odds of that ever happening, this podcast got to get. Get more money. We yeah, get, let's yeah. get the podcast going, boys. Get it but, up there. <laughs> and Xander is our first player, dude, for sure. But like I always said, um, I don't know what your opinion on teams are, but my opinion has always been that the only way I would sponsor someone at this point would be if I sponsored you, I would tell you to tell me the next three people you want on your team. Because I don't want... A fucking team that doesn't work together. Like no, you want that team that actually is like. Yes. You want the team like the That's person, you, actually, you, the person you want to sponsor. Yeah. Correct. You want them to actually be like someone who like can be sort of a leader in the team. I guess just. I don't care about the leader. The, people the most I care about is that like I want you guys to work together. Like me and yeah. me and like Rule got big arguments about this because. He's like, he said, Xander is my friend, and I play test with him. And um, John Ng is my teammate. And mm-hmm. I was like, in my head, Xander is your teammate because he's helped you do this. Yeah. And John Ng is just some person that's sponsored that happens yeah. to wear the same jersey as you. And I'm like, like, he's like, oh, I don't want to put Xander as a teammate. That's disrespectful. And I'm like, it just got it got bad, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's like that's why I would do like yeah. even if you were like, I was like Xander, I want to sponsor you. You like who who do you work with? And you were like John Smith, who's never won anything, has done nothing. I would sponsor him because like yeah. I want a team. You know, there's mm-hmm. too many, and like I think that's why all this team shit is falling apart right now um, because it's just like. Obviously, you get nothing out of it. I don't care what anyone says. No one gets shit out of anything. Uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't. You don't. No, you're right. You're completely right, too. <laughs> I was like, I was like these people are giving you money for free. Like, there's... Unless, like, I don't even know. Even, like, I promise you these... Like, you just got to sponsor people that have social media followings. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good you are. As long as you got a stream or something. Even yeah. then, I don't even know. It's like, what kind of returns are the sponsors even getting? That's why we don't do it. But, We're like, we. Yeah. there's like... Trump did it because he wanted to do it. Not yeah. not for any return. But when mm-hmm. it came to the second year, he's like, all right, let's sit down and talk about this. What did we get out of this? So I was like... Nothing. <laughs> we got nothing! <laughs> I was like, and at, at that point, Pablo is by far the biggest streamer. Like, it wasn't yeah. even close. There was no one even behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no one else streamed. Like, not even Azul, none of them. No one streamed. Yeah, this was before then. Yeah, it was before all that. And so, like, on, on paper, we looked at Pablo, like, by far the most sponsor-worthy person. He has a platform. And even yeah. with that, it was just like, uh, and nothing. Like, there's nothing. There's just, there's just not yeah. enough to, like... There's nothing to boost our numbers. It's just it wasn't. We're also don't sell stuff. Like, I guess if you're like a store, like you have some incentives, but like this ARG shit, this all this other shit. Like, I guess you have to have something. That's yeah, if I, you're not like if there's nothing for them to realize, like for the sponsors to actually like, or for the sponsored players to actually get people to like interact with the sponsor themselves, like either through buying something or like. Having right. more like of a following on social media for like when the actual sponsor does stuff, but like at the end of the day, if they're not actually bringing in money, it doesn't make sense to continue sponsoring mm-hmm. people, even as even as cool as it is. Yeah. To, like, have, it would have to like team. at this point, like if I if we did it, I would do like I give you the salary, I get all your winnings. Yeah, that would be like that would just be it. But then like that just throws everything off because like why even try hard? I'm gonna fuck, mm-hmm. I'm getting paid no matter what. And yeah. if I win, I don't get anything. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, there's just no like good maybe way. Would, maybe it would work if they like had a, a like a portion of the winnings, but then even then, like 
right. good players would sit down and do some cost analysis. Like, yep. if it's worth it for them, of course they're going to do it. But then, at the you might also just be like, I don't want to do that because then I'm like, less so, motivated. Not, like you're saying, like a conflict of interest, less motivated. Like, mm-hmm. even if I do really well, I'm still going to get some of the money. But if I'm paying twenty five percent, thirty percent, even like fifteen right. percent of the money, it's like what's happening to my like what's happening. Mm-hmm. Plus, like how much. Yeah, it, the numbers are just too far apart. Like to be yeah. a, to be a top player in Pokemon, you need this much money, and for a sponsor to make anything, they need you to give them this much money because yeah. there's the return is just the gaps are too big. And yeah. like, I've also looked at like I want to talk about this topic when we look at top players. Um, I had this conversation. I think there's the top players are very. Don't get me wrong. All the players at the top are very good. Um, but I think it takes. There's two things you need to be a top player and get the recognition. And I I think money. It's not a pay and win system. It's a pay and be at the top system, in my opinion. I think yeah. like um, a lot of these top players are are don't. They're all great. They uh, they're consistent. They're consistently good. Um, so there, you can't knock that. You, I like. I can't sit here and say like this player's is it, not good. He only pays to win because you can't pay and win this game. But no, yeah. Like, um, I guess we can we can even put it on you. Like, you don't go to a lot of regionals, and like, if you shit the bed once at the three regionals you go to or whatever, like you you're you're just not at the top. No, where, yeah, exactly. But but in your head, you know, you could sit down uh, against Danny or Jose Moreira or Rule, and you could beat them any day of the week. But yeah. in the public's eye, it just doesn't look that way. And no, yeah, like the the fewer tournament placings you have, the fewer like the regular person's going to know, like, oh, they're a good mm-hmm. player. Like they they can see your one result or your two results. Like, I think this is also just like depending on how much you brand yourself. Like for example, uh, for example. Uh, Malachi Sparks, the guy that got second at, with Lucario Memoto, yes. losing to Justin. I've never heard of him before, and I assume he's a phenomenal player. But I just wouldn't recognize that at all because I've he presumably doesn't go to a lot of tournaments. Yes. Or he's not very big on social media. So like I, I don't know how good of a player he is. And then that also extends to like the middle to the other really good players that are like don't go to as many tournaments. Like for me, I think this year and last year and the year before, I'm projected to go to maybe like half of the regionals. And then maybe two or this year probably like two or three of the ICs. So it's like it's like it's hard for you to yeah, stay not, in the yeah, top yeah. five, you know? It's hard yeah, it's hard for me to be recognized slash stay in the top five. Mm-hmm. Like when I was going to the t- as that many tournaments before, that was good enough for top sixteen, but then now it's like yeah, top sixteen you crazy. actually need to grind for everything. Like yeah. unless I I sort of had a chance if I got points in Brazil, but because I like bubbled Shit and got like one thirty four in Brazil, it was like like I'm kind of stuck, which is like fine. Like, sure, I don't. Right. Maybe I don't deserve top sixteen this year. Like, I'm not going to as many tournaments. I don't deserve top yeah. sixteen. But then, the one part of being in top sixteen that people don't really recognize versus not being in top sixteen is that you're recognized as like being one of the greatest players by being in top sixteen. Correct. And then not being Correct. in top sixteen sort of puts you out of that loop. Like, um, is coaching a thought in your like? Would you want to do that? Because that's- yeah, I've like. I've done coaching before. Yeah. Like, very basically. Like, my coaching is, um, what I've done is in the past, there have been a couple of juniors in Chicago, like, that would, like, want some help before Worlds. So, example is, um, my oldest example is that I was coaching a junior named Parker Graining. Okay. He's uh, in my area. He's a last year junior. Yeah. His dad is Josh Graining, sometimes judges, does Jimmy events, video events, okay. events stuff like that. Um, really good kid. And so I, I've coached him in the past, like before events, like even as just like somebody that he and his dad reach out to me for. Yeah. It's like, but we actually coached like before Worlds 2017 and 2018. But then notably last year, this year for Worlds 2019, I was coaching a junior, Logan Miracle, who got top four okay, Worlds. Yeah. So it's like, I do coaching, but I don't at the same, like, okay, what? I don't <laughs> coach. I, I don't coach. I don't. You don't, I don't, you don't advertise people. that you're coaching. No, I don't advertise. Like the people, people that... Like, know you basically will ask for help yeah it's like special oh. requests basically so like yes. if i know uh brent halberton's kid i think it was liam if i remember it was liam 
was asking for help on like checkmate before Knoxville. So I was like, sure, like I'll sit down and coach you and help you with checkmate because that's like something I'm kind of interested in. Yes. But like for me personally, like I don't find the joy or at least I don't really need the joy or money in coaching like as a job sort right. of because like I've got school. My job is to do well in school. And then if I've got time here and there, like I'm either streaming or maybe I'll do coaching like over break right. or over like a, a easy semester and easy first couple weeks or something like that. Yeah. I bring that up because this whole topic came up when someone on Hayfont was like, the best players shouldn't be coaches because not, or the top players shouldn't, don't, shouldn't be coaches. They're not always the best coaches, the best coaches or like other people. And I was like, I think that's fair. I, I think it's a fair argument, but the yeah. way Pokemon is structured, it is too new of a competitive thing where you're not going to give your money to someone that isn't a top player. Even though, yeah. like, Xander, top player for sure. But if I'm looking at Xander's stuff and I'm like, he only went to three regionals. He's not in top 16. And then Danny, who has, like, 1,700 points halfway through the thing. And he's offering coaching. It's like, yeah. that's why they're going to do it. And like, No, exactly. Yeah, I was like... And that's where the whole topic of like, it, you, it's almost like it's a pay to be a top system. And if you want to make this a coaching thing, you got to grind, which is like, yeah. there's a whole like new aspect to it, which like, I, like I had the argument in Pokestats about it. I'm like, I, like I, when I sit across from anyone, like after I've done well, like I've done well, I've got top four day two to a few times i don't there's not a person that i sit across from and i'm like all right i probably lost but like that in the public eye if you put me and xander across from each other the the betting odds are xander's winning 99 to one it's not even yeah. a, like questioned and like that is just the public eye and like people have to realize like your argument is right but it's not because this is how Pokemon is right now until, yeah, I think it's, yeah, but I think like I, I threw this argument out there. I was like a hundred, I would say a hundred percent. If Pokemon went full online, like everything online, the top players would be completely different. Yeah. You would, there, there's definitely some kid that in his fucking sense, basement. Yeah. That's probably a fucking monster that just mm -hmm. doesn't go to any events. And then yeah. out of nowhere, if it went all online, it's like, oh, freaking Jimmy John is the best player in the world. Who's ever met him? No one. But he's just sitting in his garage playing Pokemon every day. Yeah. And, like, you just and, don't know. And I think it really comes down, like, to the coaching <coughs> things, like how you advertise yourself. Like, I know a lot of the top players have their certain rates of, like, whatever per hour. But then other players who aren't as successful as, like... They have cheaper. So that's like one way to like yes, get money. Like that's coaching how you is like to. you vary your pricing. It's like because there are different price tiers for everything. Like yeah. demand, supply, demand, and just like if, if how you good have you are. Seventeen hundred points. I'm charging eighty dollars an hour. It's like yeah, and it's like you reach a certain cutoff, and then like there's also like how much the coach wants to charge. Like for example, someone might do it for ten dollars an hour because they really enjoy coaching, and that's what correct. they value their time at. There are some. Whereas someone would do it at twenty versus thirty, just because like that's what they value their time at, and I think yeah. that's. That's like one of the reasons why coaching is going to be why not the top players coaching will always be relevant is because there's always going to be somebody who's happy to do coaching for cheaper that is good enough at at least something. Like if yeah. if I'm a really good ADP coach and I enjoy but I can't coach anything else and I charge $10 an hour or $15 an hour, there's always going to be somebody who wants to ask for coaching. Okay. But then okay. there's also the top player coach who charges 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, whatever. That is very good overall, can be more than just like the coaching session coach, and that's what sometimes people want to pay for. Yeah, I like I like that um, thought process when you go like, I'm an ADP coach, which I think that I have never heard something like that come out of anyone's mouth, but I think it's a very smart like way to go about if you really want to jump yeah. into coaching. Like if Joe Blow... Uh, um, Dallas next week goes wins the tournament with Archie's like if he just jumps on Hayfont, hey I'm an Archie's fucking coach yeah. like 
I, th- I think you would just start racking it. Ten dollars an hour, boom! No, totally. I think you're just. I in think there. that's totally the way to go. It's like yeah, after, that's definitely the way to go. After worlds, like what I did is I was like, I made this deck. I'm gonna ride it for a little bit, like on the publicity wave. So I like immediately like started streaming, like after the week of worlds, just playing checkmate on on my like ghetto stream. Like actually, you. I still oh, can we talk about that? Yet. How you shut yeah. my whole fucking post down? I literally post my list of checkmate. Two minutes later, you post yours and you message me. My list is better, <laughs> bitch. I was like, my mine got zero comments. Yours went like a billion. Yeah. I was like, you couldn't no, wait no, like no, fucking twenty four hours, dude. Give me twenty four yeah. hours. Oh, that was great. My my buddy, he messaged me and he's like, oh, you just got shit on. I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Like the deck was so unique and it was just like, yeah. Like both versions were like, I was like, I got yeah, no, you're still, yeah, with my card and stuff. Oh, fuck, dude, I, that's like the biggest regret in this year's is just that list was two cards off of being like unstoppable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell you, no, yeah, it's like, but especially with that kind of a deck, it's like you need you want the deck list to be perfect, and that's like I spent so much time trying to make the deck list perfect, and then even then it was like. It wasn't perfect for the event. I played yes. it against a Picaram with Cyrus Prism, so I lost game. I won game one. I lost game two because of Cyrus Prism, and then I lost game three because I drew pass. So it's like I can't do anything Fucking, there. But then yeah. my list wasn't perfect. For, my list wasn't perfect for the event because I played against two Guardians and then got knocked out. Yes. So it's like, could I have foreseen it? Yes, and then I could have played like a Baby Nine Tails and then mm-hmm. made day two and then maybe changed up the list and won the tournament. Or I could right. have made day two and shit the bed. And then I wouldn't have won the open. So it's like, can't really speculate anything. You just got to figure yeah. it out, do the best you can, and then reevaluate for another tournament. Yeah, I, I say that all the time. Like, when I look at um, my tournament, and I'm like, all right. About right. Like, if I, I, like, I just made a wrong call. But it's hard to say it's the wrong call because you just, you don't know where your tournament was would have went if you did yeah. have that card in your deck. So like, maybe you just hit exactly. other shitty decks. Yeah. So, like this whole mindset of is it like is there a perfect deck going into any tournament? Like, like what's I your think only on that? in the, I think yes, and only in the sense of the medic. So, like, I think the the best way to the best way to describe it is to give examples. So, I would say ADP in the Daytona Beach meta was the perfect deck, just because yeah. we we made ADP the deck itself better by including roses and the custom catchers. We actually made it like a, we made ADP a good deck because ADP before was like a bad deck. Yes. As in like you just, you didn't beat decks. You won when you attacked and then you GX and then you um, attacked with ultimate, right? That's how you won. But then we actually made ADP like a good deck. It still has to do that to win like sometimes, but we improved the list. But then also what makes it the perfect deck for the event is like the metagame around it. So yeah, everybody yeah. else our deck auto won absolutely everything in the room other than the guardian, guardian. deck in finals and even then it was like it was close though we, pro- we projected guardian to be a non-existent deck it was a non-existent deck but then two snuck in and then drew specifically hit rahul in round 13 will in top eight yeah. and auto win in top four and then me in finals and so it's like if he doesn't hit those auto wins he doesn't win the tournaments Right. And then maybe I win the tournaments. Or maybe I play him in top eight and then I get top eight and then the deck is less less notable. Or so like stuff can happen all the time. It's always so it's like it's always like that. I you think, can, uh, yeah. It's like you can always have a perfect deck, but you're not guaranteed to win. Like right. that's what's uh like sometimes you're gonna have the Cinderella story where it's absolutely perfect, like Portland twenty eighteen twenty twenty eighteen, I think. Yes. Where I played Espeon Garbador in a format where Espeon Garbador shouldn't have existed. And then I gave my 60 cards to Coulter Decker because he and I were really good friends and we were testing in Starbucks the day before. So he and I walked in and were like, we don't know if this deck's going to be really good. We really like Espeon Garbador. That's our most comfortable deck. And we think it might be good in this format because we know how to play it and because Lucario just came out. And then we ended up going first and second. So it's like, that can happen or it can be a little less perfect like Will and I where I get second, Will gets top eight, Will gets top 32, Franco gets top 16. Or it could also just be like, you bring the perfect deck, and then you just have bad matchups, and then you go o three or six three or something, and then you're yeah. just you're stuck. I think a lot of like there the the turnover for day twos. I think that determines how good your deck was. Like when yeah. I look at 
Like, even what was Guardi at Portland this year, like, Guardi was, like, the second most played deck at the tournament, but it only had, like, four in the day two or something. And I'm like... Garbage, yeah. But then, like, I played Lucario, and only four people in the room played Lucario, and three of us made day two. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm like, that, like... On paper, that's fucking that deck was supposed to be played, like yeah, because Dark Block was huge. But it's just like it's hard. Like when I talk to people that that like are not like top players, they're always like, "Well, there's always a perfect deck," and I'm like, "There is, but you have to gauge you have to gauge the meta, and it's really hard to gauge the meta if you're not in the loop." Like, a lot of people are not in the loop, you know? And I'm like, you just got to go with... You got to look at past events when you're not, like, a hardcore tester and you're not there. You look at these past events and just go, all right, can I beat these top three decks, basically? Yeah. I think last week's meta always has, like, a huge impact. Like, from Brazil to Daytona, it was just, like, Dolls was projected to be a terrible deck going into... Brazil, Brazil and Blounds, yeah. and maybe Blounds was projected to be terrible going into Brazil. And then they both did, they both exceeded expectations getting like top eight and ninth, respectively. So it's like, we knew, like, like you just sort of like, I don't know, I guess you just sort of have a feeling like what does well, what doesn't do well. And then that's like your projected metagame, but then you have to account for like, oh, what are the good players going to be playing? So it's like, are the yes. good players going to play Dolstow? Are they going to play Malamar? Are they going to play Abilities Are Probably not, but. Are they right. going to play uh, Mewtwo? So it's like, you have That's to kind of gauge like what the room's going to be playing and then what the good players are going to be playing. Uh, Even though like they both matter, but they do at matter. the end of the day, you're going, to be, you're going to be seeing your good players on day two mm-hmm. and you're going to be seeing your other stuff on day one. That's why I tell people, I'm like, all right, you, you guys want to sit here and say Dark Box is going to be the best deck, right? Well, it, yes, you can make day two. Like, we can play Lucario and make day two, right? Yeah. But then you have to gauge and go, do you think DDG and, like, Rule and them are going to play Dark Box? Like, no, they're not. They're probably not going to play that. Yeah. So do you want to win the tournament? Like, you have to look at it and go, does this deck win the tournament or does this deck get me points? And, yeah. like, sometimes you just you just roll with it. You take the, the, the best matchups and you go for it. Um and I think that question is more for someone who has experience. Like, yeah. I think as someone who, if you've never day twoed or you've never, like, always take the fucking deck that you think has the best matchups in the room and not, you're, like, odds are you're not going to play these top players. Anyways, just, you got to get there first. Yeah. You know? so that's, like, that's always, like, my goal. I'm like, oh. I, I'm like 90% sure these top players are not going to play this deck. They're going to play something that like can beat this because they, they're, uh, I would assume they have the same thought process as uh, Dark's going to be the best. So they're going to beat it. Um, yeah. So let me, like, you just can't get, you can't get over, you can't overthink things. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, that's a, like, something a lot of players try like psych themselves out like i think there's a lot of good players out there that like i know personally like the local scene in vegas is very small and i know the the players in it and i know they're good but when it comes to these big events i feel like they go all right i gotta let me figure out how to win and i'm like instead of going let me figure out how to get to day two or yeah. let me gauge like how this deck has great matchups against everything. I'm like, yeah, but what if you just don't hit that? I tell people that yeah, too all the time. Have... You just don't know. You might like if I played Lucario and like 90 percent of the field is fucking dark, but then I hit three Mewtwo's. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You just have to gauge it. Like, yeah, you have to. I think the best way to like innovate or like create a new deck is to take something that already like is to innovate not to create because like you can sit there like testing all your like janky ideas like <laughs> drill and what be drill and tangro like i'm not i'm not like giving shade to these decks because i think they're like really cool and like right. they're things that i've messed with too 
But it's like you can sit there with your decks that like secularly beat something. And so it's like, congrats, you might go 7-2 on day one. But then you've got to go 3-1-1 on day two or 3-0-2 on day two. So it's like, good luck getting there and good luck hitting your matchups th- for the rest of the tournament. So it's like, you can either choose like that matchup oriented strategy where you're like trying to build the be- you're trying to build a deck that beats most of the meta on paper, or you can like take something that's already good that has a good shot against everything because it's a strong deck, not be- a fifty fifty right. deck. But like, if you take uh, let's say you, like I'm just going to keep using ADP because it's the most recent example that I know of. But like, if you take an ADP deck and then you just make the ADP deck better, that's going to be a way more time-efficient and less risky way to make a splash into day two and far into day two than by, like, creating your own madness. Like, a in Persian GX Silvalli. Like, yeah. sure, you're going to sit down and you're probably going to auto-win your Mewtwo and you might auto-win your Fire deck and you might auto-win your Malamar because of resistance and because of some weird text you play. But at the end of the day, how are you going to beat Dullstall? How are you going to beat Baby Blounds? How are you going to beat the rest of the meta that you just kind of don't yeah. care about because... Or you overlook even because like, you're you're playing a weird deck. I totally did that. Like when you say that, I I did exactly that. I went into San Diego and I played So Valley, uh, fucking um, Quag, and yeah. like in my head, I was like, "Cause th- let's get this straight. I think all those decks are trash, and I do not like standards. So I was just like, what what can I play? I didn't want to play ADP. I thought." I thought it had a big targets on his back. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't, I didn't want to play a welder deck. I was like, you, if you miss welder, you just lose. So I didn't want to play that. And then uh, I think my other option was like Guardy, and I was like, like one card, like just B two. So I was like, I don't yeah. want to do that. So then I took this. I was like, all right, how do I win all these matchups and. In my head, I, I, like, sunk this in my head so hard. I was like, Zero Vanish is, like, disgusting in this format. Like, if you hit a Zero Vanish on any deck with a reset stamp, like, I don't think you can lose. But the problem is, you gotta get there. (laughs) You gotta get there. And obviously, like, it's not that easy. It just isn't. Yeah. And, like, I thought... And you gotta hit the right matchups. Like if you just hit things that don't care about zero vanish, like it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. And like that just like goes to your point where I should have looked at a deck that did well and went, All right, how do we make this better for this meta instead of going which I think is like genius. Like everything you brought up is like these, these kids are getting a fucking lesson. Let's just start sending you money, dude. <laughs> but let's jump into, like, um, let's look at... So you're a student. You just... This is your first year in college. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you're a full-time student that does uh, coaching when for people that, like, special requests coaching, basically. Yeah. Um, how long have you been playing Pokemon? I've been playing since December of 2009, so... Like competitively, Just, yeah, or yeah, that was like my first tournament. So, was um, so juniors? competitively, yeah, juniors. I <laughs> had, I had two and a half years in juniors, and then my four in seniors, and now four masters. Right. So I think this is my tenth. No, this is this is my eleventh season, but will be my tenth worlds because I didn't qualify in twenty ten because I started late. Okay. I was like sixtieth back in the top forty system. But then 2011 was my first world, so then 2020 will be my 10th world. Damn. That's fucking it's been nuts. a long time. I'm like, I just want one. <laughs> Dude, I missed my invite by 50 points last, oh, last year. That's yeah. Nice. That's rough, but uh, we just don't have cups out here. We won't ever miss again. Right? That's, a, that's like in my head. I'm like, I won't. I can't. I, swear, yeah. I think in this format, it's a lot easier. I don't have. You don't have to grind. I mean, you can force and it's also like the mentality there. thing too. Yeah, yeah. the oh, mentality yes. is that you miss it once, you're not going to miss it again. Yeah, I think I hear that story a lot. Doing these interviews, I hear it a lot. Like even roll, like oh, I missed it the one year, and I've not missed since because it's just like I don't know. You're you're in a whole different mindset. Yeah, like, I just went out the gate. I'm like I'm at 215 points right now. I'm like I'm mapping everything out. Last year I was just winging it. 
this year, I'm like, this is how I'm going to get it. Yeah. And I think if you have that type of, um, and I think, to be honest, a lot of um, content has come out about just making worlds. And, yeah. like, soaking in that content is good. Like, mm-hmm. people don't realize, I don't think they realize, like, a lot of players don't go for the invite. They they just do whatever. But I think, like, the, the small content of, like, I think Raul came out with a video on just, like, this is how you can get worlds. If you, this many challenges, this cups, and they do something out of regional and you're in. And, yeah. like, I was like, when you start mapping out, things get a lot simpler, but... Then there's, but you always have those lapse times. Like right now, I'm kind of in a lapse where I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's all you got eight months, eight months to just chill and figure it out. And but you've done it ten times, and yeah. like looking at your limitless, like you're fucking kill, like you're killing it. Like yeah. I don't think. I mean, I've looked at a lot of limits lists. Like, lately, okay, last year and this year, you, you can tell that you've taken some time off. Yeah. From either going to events or playing at all, whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't look like you're taking time off from playing because the events you're going to, you're getting top fours. Yeah. God damn. It's like the, yeah, like I was, basically last year is what I was doing is I was uh, going to tournaments, like, sort of just, showing up and joining my senior year of high school basically like still like doing like some little prep beforehand but it wasn't nearly as like structured and focused as it was before but then also like i think the main thing to know is that last year especially there wasn't really a comfort deck that i had all year whereas like the year before it was like in uh early on in the year from 2017 to 2018 i was playing espion garbador and garbador variants and then later on in Portland, I was like, all right, I'm playing Espeon Garbodor again. Mm-hmm. And then I had the phase where Buzzrock came out, like mm-hmm. the Baby Buzzwell came out, and that was really good. So I played that for Expanded and Standard and then did well there. Yeah. And then, so it's like, and then even the year before, it was like, I played Mega Guardi to all these tournaments, and then I played Espeon Garbodor to all these tournaments. Because, like, I just played one deck that was, like, arguably the BDIF in its meta, and I just became really good at it. And that's how I was winning tournaments. Yeah. It looks like, if I, when you do look, yeah, you just look at it and, you think that's like a really good strat is to stick with a deck through oh, through totally. a format? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think especially like if the format is like well defined, like early on in that format, it was like the Mega Guardi format was Evil Tall Garbodor was king, and then yeah. Turbo Dark was like made with the Dark Rye EX and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then the Sidewipe Plume came out, and then it was like okay, Mega Guardi's not very good anymore, and then you've got like yeah. other stuff that has to happen. And then you've got uh, Espeon Garbodor, which and Drampa Garbodor once Guardians Rising came out, and that was like the deck. So if you just like, I remember that like, tournament. I was think like the ninety yeah. percent Drampa Garb. I think what's really good is to just continue with like the deck and just like become better at it, make small changes to your list as you go, improve it, and then that's an easy way to keep getting day twos at tournaments. Like I was way more consistent back then because I was. Like, as you'll see, this like, number of finishes. Like, that's, like, equivalent to number of day twos, basically. Yes. So it's, like, I was st- I was going as deep, but just having more day twos because I was comfortable with my deck. Like, even if it was slightly different, like, standard Buzzwool versus expanded Buzzwool, or expanded Necrozma Garb versus standard Drampa Garb. It's, like, it's at the so- end of the day, you're playing a very similar deck, and mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot better of a time when you keep playing similar decks. You, like... Like in for in different formats, do you you like yeah. that too? I so. guess so. Like if you can adapt, like for Gu- Guardian, for example, Drew Kate, you played Guardian or and expanded, and then Guardian and standard. Yeah. So it's like if you have if you have a deck that's adaptable to both, I think that's a good choice, especially for less experienced players. If you're just trying to, if you're going to your tournaments, you've got something to do well. Just pick up a deck that you can that you can do pretty well with, and then just make it as good as you can because that's like an easy way to. Yeah get points and make day two and then if your deck is good in the meta you'll do make top eight or win even right and like that all comes with testing and practice and playing well and having a good list the proof is right here if you just look at your list you just went 
2016, 2017, just SBN garb. Like, guardy half the season. SBN garb half the season. Like, you just stuck yeah. it out and ran it. And then you went guardy. Mm-hmm. And then you just kept Garbador because Trash Lance just fucking busted. Um, yeah. And then you went Lycanroc. And then the next two seasons have been... Um, you just played less. Yeah. But being so young, like, you're going... You're so, so you're what a sophomore in high school, and you, you're taking home 15k in a year yeah. playing Pokemon. Like that's mm-hmm. fucking, that's a little wild. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. How how is um your social life? Is it, it do people know you play Pokemon, or are you the yeah. closet Pokemon player? <laughs> <laughs> no, like especially in high school, like I was known as the Pokemon player, like starting freshman year, because I think um. <laughs> People like asked like what I what I did in my free time, so I would tell them like no shame like oh I play a Pokemon trading card game, and then the few people that were ever like suspicious of it like being like a cool thing like I just showed them like that I've been on YouTube a lot of times or that I've been on Twitch a lot of times, and they're like wow that's actually like really cool. Yeah, the, and then in college, just, like, I bet you that helps also a lot. The, yeah yeah <laughs> you're like oh, dude then, like, I'm, I'm here college. fuck you guys I know it's like look at me like I'm internet famous or right. whatever but. And then in college, it's also the same thing where it's like, yeah, I think, like dude, I, I think in today's age, it's like one of the coolest things. If you, if you told anyone yeah. that you play Pokemon and you're good at it, like people mm-hmm. would be like, "That's fucking cool." Yeah, like, but I think like four years ago, when you're a sophomore or a freshman, like it's probably a little bit like, hmm, I don't a little bit more a loser like a, kid. Yeah. But yeah, when you can show people you're on YouTube, like that changes everything. Like, I was, mm-hmm. I was super quiet. I lived, like, I've talked about it on this podcast a lot. I lived, like, two lives, like, Pokemon kid and and this. And then one day, I was just like, ah, fuck it. And then I was like, I got a YouTube with fucking Chumley. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that, I think that helped a lot. Like, Chum, mm-hmm. Chum's changed a lot for my career in Pokemon. I've, like, I have a lot to give to him because, like, we started this channel, which gave me a presence. And then... We, I start talking to people like Pablo, and I get ideas, I get better, and then I break out with a Blastoise list, or no, it was Decidueye Bible, and I get like 11th at a tournament, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good here. And then mm-hmm. these other players recognize it, and then you start building bonds, and then like I think a lot of, like, there's a lot of advantages of, of being a content creator, but you also have, you have to be a good person too. Like these people that I talk to, like rule and Russell and, um, you, like I message you stupid shit all the time. And like, it's, it'd be a lot easier. Like if you didn't know me or like, we've never met or you didn't meet me through Rumble or whatever, you just not oh, fuck that. But you take the time and go, yeah, that's trash, but at least I get that. At least I get that message of that's trash. And then I go, yeah. oh, fuck you. But then I look at it and it was really trash. But, but like, I think, like, that ups your game. And, like, like I talked about it with Carl and um, Sierra. And, like, they're like, I don't think it's social media. I think it's just being, um, going to events. But I, I like... I just, I don't, it's hard for me to agree with that. I think, um, there's a lot of people that go to events and there's a lot of people that people don't want to talk to. Right. <laughs> and like, yeah. you can, like you, it all comes down to having as you could say clout, but you have some type of presence in the community and people can look at it and go, all right, this person's not a shitty person. And then like, you just work your way in and you make friends and things change i think you just it, it made me a better player and i think yeah. i always said that you play you start playing good people um you get better like it doesn't if you sit here and play johnny's structure deck for 10 hours every day yeah. you're, you're just not gonna get good so exactly you gotta find people that are the least competent at this game mm-hmm. but so you kill it you kill it in 26 well, the, you fucking destroyed in 2016, 2017. Third at Worlds. You go into seven or 17, 18th. You win a regional. You win two regionals. 
why the mm-hmm. fuck are you not talked about? This doesn't make any huh. sense. Because um, last year I didn't win any regionals. You got to win a regional to be talked about. Do you? Uh, well, I think, D, like, DDG yeah. took over last year. Like, that whole fucking, that DDG hype train just went fucking haywire. Like, no one talked yeah. about anything but that. Um, yeah. But even, like, then. Um, even, but you still hit third. You topped four yeah. two regionals last year. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? These, these people are sleeping. And, like, is this non-sponsorship a fucking... Or is that a choice? A little bit of a choice. Yeah, pretty much a choice. It's it like, has to be a I've choice. Had offers to be, I've had offers for sponsorships before, but then it comes down for me, like, at least the coaching argument, too, where it's like, it I don't need it? the money to be, like, sustainable. Like, I've already got my parents who yeah. staff some turnover. So it's like, I'm going to stuff because of them. Not just because of them, like, because I want to go, but also, like... Yeah. I mean, their hotel room, that's like, they're on staff, so then it's compensated at least somewhat. So it's like, I don't need the sponsorship money-wise, and at the end of the day, it's not worth the hassle for me to, to care right. about it, really. I talk, it's really worth it. Yeah. There's a lot of players like that. Like, any player that either doesn't do Pokemon full-time, basically, it's any player that doesn't do Pokemon full-time as, like, their job, Yeah, doesn't, you cannot compensate them enough. For them no. to post, want to post 17 social media things about your fucking code cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, but to say that, um, anyways, our sponsor today. No, I'm just but uh, <laughs> like, I'll, like, it's different. Like, when yeah. it comes to Pokemon, if you do want anything out of it, like, I'll fuck. I'll take any sponsorship. All right, fuck you guys. Yeah, I'll you take them all. Not really though. It, I don't know. Some of some of the contracts I've talked to people about, I'm like, no, I don't care. You better fuck that. That, that you better add a zero to the end of that. Then we, <laughs> <laughs> then we can talk. It's like if they're, I will pay you a dollar for every social media post. It's like, like right? that's fake. But also, it's like. Why but it's a, I, the problem is that it, it almost isn't fake. From the shit I've heard, yeah. that almost isn't yeah. fake. Uh, <laughs> but that's why I don't do the whole team thing's a fucking joke. But yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. Like even like I've talked to Sam Chen, and obviously Sam Chen gets well. The last two years have not. He's been he's been like you, but he doesn't get these finishes like you. So he's, mm-hmm. um, but he obviously he gets a bunch of, um, let me join you or join my team fucking things. And like, yeah. the guys doesn't need the money. To, so no, he's not going to do that. So like, I get that aspect of it. And I think mm-hmm. the only time that like you have, like it has to hit like an esports level to even be a thought, you know? Yeah. And I look or at it's not even close. It's not even close. It's not even close. You know? Um, you last two years been fine, and then we go and like, is there an end game for this? Is this or is this something you're just gonna do forever? Like, if you win worlds, are you done? I've heard a lot of people no, say, I, I win so. worlds, I'm done. I've thought about it before. Like, I think walk like, off into the sunset. I, yeah, <laughs> I've thought about it before. It's like I don't think I would ever be done because I think there's always more for me to achieve as a player. Okay. Like I think there's there's always more for me to like innovate upon. Like there's the deck cre- there's the deckless creator side of me that always has more to do because there's always more like to discover, more to change, more to innovate on. But then there's also the player side of me where it's like there's always another tournament I can win. And it's like right. I don't think I would I wouldn't stop like after I won worlds. Like if I think back to like 2017, if I had won worlds, I'd have been like hell yeah, let's win another one. But it's like you're also super young. You're also super stop. young too. Like. Yeah, I think that has a lot it's to do like with you. It's not like I have pressure to like go get a job or anything right now. I've still got college, and yeah. even then, it's like yeah, at least I'm four finished. more years to even. I'm finishing. Think yeah, about like I'm, it. I'm finishing out my time in or starting now, but oh, I, I would fuck. be finishing out my time in college. Just like I have four more years there, and then at the end of it, I still got like time after college, and I'm going to be just living life at my first right. job or second job, and just. The plan is to keep playing as long as it's enjoyable, and it's it's still enjoyable right now to 
to mess around, go to some tournaments, see people, have a fun weekend. Like, I don't think that aspect will ever become boring. And I think that's one of the main reasons why, like, we keep talking about Sam, that I think Sam Chen is always, like, still going to tournaments, at least. Mm-hmm. In recent years, where it's, like, he's getting his invite by going to tournaments, but then he's also just having fun with people on weekends when he yes. goes to tournaments. I think that's the it's biggest not, thing. It's not, like, yeah. It's, like, he, he's not there to win the tournaments. He's there to pick up a deck, have a good time, make more memories, basically. Correct. I tell, I tell people that all the time. I was, like... Like, some of my friends come, they O2 drop, and they're like, oh, this is horrible, I'm, I'm quitting Pokemon, I'm like, but it's all about the experience. Like, how many people can say they travel to six different fucking states this this year, and, yeah. and ate fucking Dallas barbecue and Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia, and went to a Rockies game in Denver, like... These things are... It's a bigger picture you have to look at. Like, even yeah. if you're not winning. But I was talking to Carl. I was like, you think... Like, I don't know. Personally, I look at it and I'm like, I think we're all just going to keep playing. We're gonna, Like, this, this age group is just... I think these players that we have right now are just so committed. And it's like a very tight community now. And I think it's even getting tighter. Like, the, the negativity in the community is, is high. But I think a lot of it had, like, people are growing up. We're getting older. We're just like, all right, like, whatever you did three years ago, I don't care anymore. And I think it's really tight-knit group of people. And I was like, are we just all, is, is, is Masters 2020 coming down? And we're, uh, we have uh, 700 players and 300 of them are 40. <laughs> 40 I was like, I was like, I just, like, I. I almost see that because, like, I think yeah. everyone here doesn't ever plan. Like, it, I can I can't sit here and go, I'm quitting tomorrow. Like, if I won Worlds, no. maybe walk out. But like, uh, why why quit? There's no reason. It's fun, and traveling the world's fun. Like, mm-hmm. it ha- it would take a lot to like, even if you're not going ev- to every regional or whatever. No, I like, think like even if I like decided to quit playing competitively and like didn't like. Quit playing competitively and then not going for the invite. I would still have fun going to a nearby driving regional. So like, let's say I'm in. Let's say I finish college and I have a job in Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. I think it would take a lot of convincing for me not to drive to my Madison or my Fort right. Wayne or my Collinsville regional. Yeah, it would be. It would take a lot. Like, I was like, I'm not gonna go to San Diego, and then I'm like, it's a fucking four hour drive. Just yeah, go. Like, why? Yeah. Why would you not like? Mm-hmm. I think it's nuts, though. I think that, like, like, what's the, like, the younger age group just doesn't look like, like, obviously the numbers are just not as big, but, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you're in it, you're 18, and, like, I learned a lot, there's a lot of young kids, um, when I went to NAIC, I was like, oh, fuck, you're 12, I forgot. <laughs> But, but it's still like oh my god yeah I forgot it's like a kids game. But at the end of the day, it's not really it's not really a kids game. Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, when you look at this game, do you think there's any way it ever gets to like an esports level? Honestly, I'm not totally sure if it'll ever be possible just because of, like, the community Pokemon draws. Oh, okay, so, so there's two sides. There's two, like, arguments that all go on here. So one of them is the audience Pokemon draws. Like, I would say the audience for casual competitive play, like, or not casual, not co- for casual playing and collecting is, like, your younger kids. At least in terms of, like, collecting cards and stuff like yes. that. So that's not going to drive a competitive scene. Correct. Um, I think the main issue is that because of like Pokemon's like market, they're they're advertising, they're catering to the collectors, not to the competitive players. And I think so. That's like one limitation is that we're not like a Pokemon isn't like the company trying to drive the competitive scene because that's not where they make the money. Whereas like Fortnite is going to get publicity and make more money because of its competitive scene. Pokemon yeah. isn't going to make more money because of its competitive scene. That's just like a time or and a money scene too. Right. Um, the other thing is that I think the main thing, can, like from outside factors, like 
other publicities like esports, ESPN, like whatever, like yeah. other publicities coming in. I think the main reason it's not getting more publicity is because we're not an esport, we're a card game. That's a major difference is that um, it's not nearly as accessible. It's not really a PC game. Like the first requirement to be a big mainstream, highly followed game is to be a PC game. I agree. And so maybe if we're all PTCGO, then that's great, but. PTCGO is going to need some major upticks to be it's so bad. enjoyable to watch. Like, I think I think being actual cards is a huge limitation, but then if we become all online, that loses money. So I think the way to become a competitive game is to make it all online, make it more accessible, and to make PTCGO a better-looking game. Because if you follow those steps and you have your your tournament system and everything online in PTCGO and you make PTCGO like a badass client that has everything for Pokemon trading card game, then I don't think there's a reason we can't. Like, if you think about it, like MTG is becoming bigger. I was about like, to bring that I, up. I would assume because they went, all, they went like, all in on it. Yeah, they're going all in on like online, online. and arena mm-hmm. and stuff like that and just like advertising to top streamers from other games. Like I go on Twitch and I see multiple streamers or at least one streamer at a time like playing magic just online just because it's like easily accessible to play on twitch and it's easily yeah. and they're advertised to do it like magic is paying them to do it which yeah. is smart and that's like bringing more people to magic maybe marginally but eventually you'll get to a point where it is profitable at least right. you would hope so because magic is like not as big of a household name as pokemon so i think pokemon has an even bigger market to do that just because it's got the anime it's got the cards and the video show. game like there's no magic video game like there's right. so much potential for pokemon to like reach and have people be drawn to the competitive scene that is just not taken advantage of because we're stuck playing cards rather than a right. video game i think i think the the video game is our biggest hurdle they already have a video game yeah. and and if you look at what they're doing in this new video game they're like let's Try it. Well, they're trying to make it. They're trying to make it big. They're trying. They're trying. They're, trying. they're, trying. they're, trying. they're going. Hey, um, I know it like is a hassle to get all these Pokemon to actually play our game competitive. Um, here, it's not a hassle anymore. Oh, here you can borrow a team from someone. Here, just play our fucking game. And yeah, it's like you need. They're working on the accessibility part of it. Yes, and I think that's that was like the biggest thing. And like I think right now we'll see in Dallas. Like I think we'll see in Dallas. Because, right, I think, yeah. like, the numbers in Daytona was, like, 30. No, uh, Dallas is projected to be huge. Yeah, Dallas is supposed really to be huge. for BGC in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, a thousand percent sure that shitting on TCG as being any chance of ever being competitive. Like, they have a game already. Like, yeah. an online, a, a video game. Like, no, that that's that's literally it. Like it's like mm-hmm. if I turn if I'm a random viewer and I come and I watch someone playing the Pokemon trading card game, you need to know what's happening. Like Correct. if you look at the video game, you you turn on the stream, you know what's happening immediately. Yes. Like you see the two Pokemon in each side, like He's, everyone's that's a blue Pokemon, that's a red Pokemon. Pokemon that's a exactly. water attack. Like, we got it. We're you, there. like Pokemon needs to be more visually appealing. And the trading card game and all card games in general just aren't visually appealing or stimulating mm-hmm. and aren't accessible to understand yeah. unless you play it too that's why i told i was like they should go all in on that fucking poking i was i was watching that Honestly, worlds yeah. dude i was like that shit's the most entertaining thing to watch as as one game grows all the other ones grow too like right. if you make poke if pokemon invests in pokemon then that's bigger if tpci pokemon invests in video game then oh. tcg is gonna get bigger too did you see the numbers on the stream for the Pokemon Go thing at Worlds? It was, no, but was, it was like over 100k or something. Oh my it was like God. 100k people Why watching it. And we only had like, for the for the TCG finals, it was like, uh, five. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, Pokemon Go. And all these people are doing is... <laughs> and that's literally just like Pokemon, like from what I know, is like Pokemon Go is just literally just tap, like yes. tap simulator. Cookie yes. simulator. Yes, it's just a clicker. I'm like, fuck, dude. My dad plays that shit. I'm like, dude, go to the world championships, dude, kill it. Yeah. I'm like, it's just crazy. Like, but it's just the more popular game. Like, when it yeah. comes down to it, more people play. Oh, yeah, we're, shit blew up. we're the ones playing the, yeah. We're playing the game that's 20 years old, or, yeah, over yeah. 20 years old that 
in the what last five years decided to throw money a, a very gener, generous toss of money at us. And like I've always mm-hmm. said that as like you got to fight like Pokemon's got to go all in on it or it's just not gonna work. That's what it comes yeah. down to. Um, it needs a little bit of rebranding. Needs a little bit of stuff. Yes. Needs a they have to decide they want to do it. Like the, yeah. all, all these people talking about like. DDG last year, we're gonna try to make it at least. You have no, you can't do nothing. You have no, you have power. nothing. Like, there's nothing. Not, you could do literally, there's nothing you could do. Like, if if Pokemon wants it to be an esport thing, that's the only way it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> well, uh, I got one last question before we wrap it all up, and it's a fucking. Sure. Um, barn burner here. Right. Great. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but your I want to say your parents or they run Arcanine Labs, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all got one fucking question for you. What the fuck did you do to Patricia? <laughs> that, she would not use you at these fucking regionals because this is bullshit. Last week was ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no comment. I mean, you don't have to answer anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm thinking of a funny answer. Oh, funny one? I want the truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, stole a car. You stole her car? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. You just, like, uh, is there like, a backstory on that? Or she just doesn't want it? Um, I think the backstory is just like conflict of interest and like basically just like information. I think the main the main thing that I like come to understand is that it was about uh, deckless privacy and that if RK9 has online decklists, I oh, we don't I, want to I, talk I about it. <laughs> I seen all the memes this week. I was like, is that yeah, privacy, baby? Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure uh, Jimmy and Caleb got their. Uh, 49 energy decks uh, submitted 12 times or something. Yeah, so it's like the whole idea was like in having the organizer be the end, be all end all for decklists and for tournament organization. But then if you have yeah. some third party service coming in and helping with that, like how how much info do they have? And I guess Patricia, at least from what I understand, wanted to be have the organizer have the information, which is like respectful in some regard. I was like. If it's their tournaments, you, the organizer has a right to be the only person in control of the data and stuff like that. But then I guess to a point, it's like, uh, no, fuck we're compromising that. something. All right, fuck that. I'm over this shit, yeah. dude. I've been over this shit for I mean, a I, pers- I personally support, I, I've been to uh, non Arcanine events before, and that's, I really enjoy like online decklists and having the security. Like, it's just, it's nice, I guess. I don't know. What? Arcanine Labs? Guess- it's fucking perfect. We don't. Uh, this is not a promo for you. I'm not being sponsored. The, there's no one no that sponsor. disagrees. There's no sponsor. There's yeah. no one that disagrees. That's all you ever hear. Even like even fucking big Pocono events started using it. Like, how, do you have any insight on like how that went down? Did you just hit them up and it was just like sure, or did they hit you? No, guys? I really don't know. I think you don't know. I'm not sure really. I, I think it was care. just like. It became a it became a huge thing like for all the organizers in the U.S. At least like mm-hmm. it all started with Jimmy because my parents were Chicago. We're all from Chicago, so yeah. it was like we were running. We were helping Jimmy on staff like since before even online pairings. Like with old Pokegym Labs, where that was yeah. just like online pairings, just doing stuff like that. That was still being on staff for Jimmy's events and was for Jimmy's events. And now it grew to be a business, and then gone to multiple organizers and a lot of organizers in the U.S. And they're still looking for like more. League Cup organizers and more local events because that's really where they can, like, they have more people to get. It's like, you've got the North American regional scene where you've got 15 regionals and nine to nine, or this year, nine or 10 or 11 or something are run by people that are, like, wanting to use Arcanine Labs. Yeah. And then you've got the metas, or not the metas, uh, the markets offshores. Like, you've got Australia, Europe, South America. So it's like, that's like, where there can be a market, and then also the local tournaments where there can be a market too. Yeah, I was like, like when I seen it on, cause like, don't get me wrong, but like getting into Pokemon is like fucking 
Like, crazy. A brand that's not Pokemon associated with Pokemon. Like, when I seen Arcanine Labs at Worlds, you know, it's like... No, yeah, that was like fucking big step. Big step. Like, yeah. I was like, they fucking opened their doors for someone? That's insane. Like, you can't fucking wear a t-shirt that says something else on it, you know? Yeah. It's fucking nuts. But, yeah. It's pretty dope. Uh, you gotta stop fucking stealing her car. Uh, maybe yeah. send a fucking... Sorry about that. Yeah. You get a fucking fruitcake or something, send it to her for Christmas. Make this world a better place, dude. Do it all for all of us. We we need it out there. This uh, let me steal your fucking necklace uh, to, before you play shit. <laughs> it's gonna get a little old here. Uh, but yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. You have uh, any shout outs or anything you want to hit? Where can people uh, find shop. you? All right, oh. so people can find me on my Twitter at Xander Perot, just my name. I'll put it down there, the links. Yeah. Also on Six Prizes, I've been writing there for about three years now. So I write underground articles there. And then every once in a while, if I do well, I'll post a free list with a free article with my list and stuff like that. Like I did that for the DC sure, Open yeah, with Nagano yeah. Checkmate. And then also this past weekend or two weekends ago with Rosa ADP. Sick. So you can find my articles there. Also, I like occasionally make posts on Hey Fonty and Verbank about my social media, either on Twitter or when I post an article. So yep. there's also stuff there too. Sick. And then shout outs to Six Prizes for where I write, and then shout out to like Rahul for being a homie, I guess. Well, Rahul gets the homie shout out. Yeah. That's what's up. All right, guys. Well, it's uh, time to scoop it up. Oh, oh, oh.